Now, we started a series last week, a three-week series called The Big Three. We're tackling a, a, a really simple yet really, really poignant and powerful scripture out of Micah chapter 6. In fact, we asked the question last week. We said, if God told you that there were three things that he really cared about that he required of you, would you want to know what they were? And enough of you said yes that we leaned into this. And he said in Micah 6, he says, there's three things, six words, three things that really matter to God. And in fact, we said it this way. He said, what, this is what the Lord requires of you. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And so we're taking each of those statements and spending a week on that. Last week I said we got to work backwards because I don't even think we can talk about justice or mercy if we first don't understand this humility aspect of walking humbly. And we talked about how we have to elevate our picture of God. And I, I introduced this idea last week that God actually doesn't need us. He actually wants us. In fact, you could say, because we're wanted, we are chosen. And I would say that to be chosen or wanted is so much more powerful than to be needed. And so uh, this week, we're going to hit the middle that we're going to talk about loving mercy. But I, I would tell you that I think it's almost a sin to talk about loving mercy without giving the opportunity to do something about it, to be merciful. In fact, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, uh, for they will receive mercy themselves. And so uh, I said this last week, but... We have a ministry partner that goes back a couple of decades with World Vision. Um, Cape Christian and World Vision have been uh, partners for a long time. And so we've invited them here. We planned this over a year ago to be a part of this whole series where we have an opportunity not just to grow in our mercy, but to actually put our, uh, our money, our faith, our, 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 our theology where our mouth is and practice what we preach. And so uh, I want to introduce a friend of mine uh, in just a second. Bernie Anderson is going to come to the stage. Um, I met Bernie. Um, I had just taken over this church, and he had just become in his new position at World Vision. In fact, he's uh, the, the kind of one of the regional directors over the entire East Coast and down here. Um, he had been a pastor for 22 years, uh, 23 years, and had just joined World Vision. He's been with them for five years. Um, he's blessed our team many times, has attended the GLS with us. Uh, I met him uh, through World Vision five years ago, but we have a friendship. And so Bernie's going to come uh, give us an opportunity uh, to, to be merciful, but he's also going to give us a picture of what God's heart for mercy is. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to, even if you're online, shout out, clap all the emojis, whatever you got to do. I need you to give a proper Cape Christian welcome to my friend and yours from World Vision, Pastor Bernie Anderson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cape Christian! That's what I'm talking about. Wow, what a church, what a what a community, what a place, man. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. This is, this is my church that I watch, and uh, your pastor, your pastor is a friend of mine. Um, I think so much of Pastor Corey, and um, yeah, you do too. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Give up. Yeah. He's a guy that I champion, that I look up to. I learn things from him. Even during this time that I've been here this trip, I've learned from his leadership. So he's, he leads you well. I love him. I think he's a great guy. And thanks so much for having me just be a little bit of a part of this weekend. I'm super, super, super excited. There's three things that I think of when I think of Cape Christian Church, right? I've been here a number of times. And see if you can identify with this. You guys like to have a ton of fun. This is a fun church, absolutely. So thank you for putting the fun back into church. I love that. Any church that has a splash pad, who has a splash pad? A splash pad and a, 
and, and like a playground. And I, I, I know the story behind that. You, do, you decided to build that and, and bless your community rather than something else. So praise God for you. you. You have fun. So thank you for your fun. Which, by the way, all my words start with F because I'm a pastor. And every word, ha- you know, when you're doing something like this, they all got to start with the same letter. So these are F words. Good F words. Good F words. So the next word is this, though, and it's really, it's really important. It's faithfulness. Faithfulness. Thank you, Cape Christian, for your faithfulness. I hear that from Corey, too. He tells me the stories, man. This is what we're doing. This is what God is doing here. My people are faithful. So thank you for your faithfulness. And in a couple of, in just a little bit, Pastor Corey and I are going to invite you into an even bigger picture of God's heart for vulnerable children and for your faithfulness. So I can't wait. And then one last F word, if you will. One last F word. French fries. That's like two words, French fries. Because you have a cafe that serves French fries. Who does that? I mean, a church that has French fries. I'm not joking. I love those fries. Thank you. Thank you for having French fries. Hallelujah. Y'all say hallelujah. Amen. Something. Amen. Amen. Finally, hey, I just got to tell you that uh, my wife planned to be here. She planned to be here and to join me, but she got sick right before uh, she was supposed to fly in this morning. She got sick. She got ill, so she couldn't travel. So uh, that, she is my number one. And last week, a week ago tomorrow, we celebrated 28 years of being married. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. But she couldn't be here, so I just want to shout out my wife. Love her. Love your team here. Such an amazing team. So years ago, years ago, when I was just a little kid, um, I saw my mother do something really extraordinary. I mean, it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. And to this day, it has sort of shaped, it's kind of shaped my mind and it has shaped my heart around how I see the world and how I see people. And um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened. Um, she saved someone's life. She literally saved someone's life. And uh, she was, we, were, we were at a funeral. And uh, we were at a funeral in a little country church in Arkansas, all right? It was hot, it was humid, and the only, the only what you did to, to kind of cool off was you grabbed something to fan yourself with. Any of you ever been in a situation like that? Little country church, it's, it's hot, it's humid, everybody's grabbing stuff to just fan themselves, try to cool down in just a little bit. And on top of that, it was an African-American funeral. And y'all ever been to African-American funeral before? <laughs> yeah, they don't end, bro. It's just like, you just, just keep on going, right? And so that, that's what was going on. That's the environment, and it was full, and it was beautiful. I mean, the eulogizing, the preaching is absolutely phenomenal. It's beautiful, you know, uh, and the singing, and it's filled with pathos. It's really powerful, right? But it was a bit too much for one uh, older gentleman, and as he was making his way down the center aisle, he was leaving, uh, headed out. He collapsed in the middle of the center aisle. And I saw my mom immediately move into action, which, by the way, my mom's been a nurse, and she was a young, been a nurse for like 40 years, and she was a young nurse at this time when this happened. And I watched my mom jump into action. She got right down there with him, and she started uh, artificial respiration for him, or CPR. CPR, I think back in the day, it was called mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, right? And she got right down there with this man. I mean, she's like right there, and then she put her mouth on his mouth. And for me, I'm a little kid, I'm watching this going, <laughs> right, right? So, but she's there, she's, she's doing chest compressions, and she's blowing, and she's doing everything, she's doing all the stuff that you're supposed to do, she's checking to see if he's breathing, and she got him back. She, right there, yeah, I mean, she, she like, she got him back going, amen. 
It was absolutely amazing. I even remember, even vividly in my mind now, you know, a little trickle of saliva running down the side of the man's mouth. I was like, no, there is no way, Mom, come on. So it was kind of gross at the same time, but man, it was so powerful too. And that moment made an imprint on me, y'all. I will never forget what my mom did in that moment. Because it demonstrated, I I don't even know if my mom was a Christ follower at the time, but I'll tell you what she was doing in that moment. She She was discipling me on mercy. She was teaching me in that moment what it means to help someone who is in need. She was showing me, and you know, a lot of times when we learn something, more is caught than taught. And in that moment, I caught something, and it forever imprinted on me. So this is the truth that I learned from my mom when she did CPR to save someone's life. This is the truth that I learned. To serve those in need, we must respond with intimacy and action. Yeah, yeah, I mean, think about it. Think about what my mom had to do. She had to get up from her pew, right? That's hard enough right there. Y'all don't have pews, y'all have have chairs, which is cool. But to get people out of their pews and to go and do something for someone else is, is something in and of itself, right? So she got up and she got in his personal space. She went beyond that and pressed her flesh up against his. That's why I use the word intimacy. It's a little bit provocative, right? Intimacy. But that's the word. And I think that's, I think that's how God wants us to talk about it. When we talk about having to serve people, having to care for people, having to, having to rescue people, we got to get close. You ever thought about trying to do CPR from a distance? If that's your idea of CPR, don't come save me, bro. You know, just, I don't want somebody else. But you can't do it from a distance. You can't. Help, you can't serve, you can't bless, you can't come alongside of people from a distance. I want you to hear this. This is God's heart. This is God's character. This is who God is. He is a God who comes near. Think of Adam in the garden. I'll go way back to the book of Genesis. Remember what God did? God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And God didn't do it like this. God got right up there close. And he formed him. It's very personal. It's very intimate, the way God operates, right? And go to, go to Psalm 12, 5 with me and listen to this. Listen to God's heart for the poor. See if you hear intimacy and action. See if you hear intimacy and action. Psalm 12, 5. I have seen violence done to the helpless. This is God. I have seen violence done to the helpless, and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them as they have longed for me to do. Think about this. God sees. God hears the groaning. God rises up. He gets up out of his pew, his heavenly throne, and he comes near. Think of God and what he did, even with the incarnation. That's that big word that means that God came in the flesh to you and me because he wanted to be with us. He wanted to be with you and me. I don't know why. We're not all that. We're not all that. But God said, no, I'm going to put on some flesh. I'm going to go be with those people because if I'm close to them, if I'm, if I'm with them, I can rescue them because there's going to be some dark moments. Come on. <laughs> you've been there. You've had some dark moments. You've, you've groaned. Who's got a groan story? You got, oh, Lord. 
The groan story, it comes from way down in there. You didn't even know you had the groan in you. But you were hurting, you were broken, you were in trouble. It was a dark place. And you called out to God. And nobody else wanted to be around you. It was the trickle of saliva coming out your mouth. I ain't going near that. Right? But you called out to God, and didn't he come to you? And he saved you? So, so when I'm talking about how we are to minister and draw near to the poor, I'm talking about the same thing that God did for you and he does for me. It's intimacy and it's action. God draws near to those who are in need. And don't you know we need a God who draws near in this world today? I want you to hear this. Um, there's a there's an attorney by the name of Brian Stevenson. He has this great quote. I'm going to share it with you right now. But listen to this. Listen to how we have the power to actually change the world. And I believe God calls the church in this day and age to be the change agent, the transformational change agent in the world today. So he says, draw near, go to, be with, incarnate with those who are hurting. So Brian Stevenson says this, if you are willing to get close to people, closer to people who are suffering you will find the power to change the world. Cape Christian is a world-changing type of church. That's just who you are. And if we're gonna change the world, we gotta get close to those who are suffering. And there's a lot of suffering going on in the world today. I want you to hear this, all right? About uh, almost every day, about 1,000 children under the age of five die due to diarrheal disease because they drink dirty water. A thousand children under the age of five. That crushes my heart, y'all. A thousand children because they don't have access to clean water. That just shouldn't happen, should it? About 800 million lack access to clean drinking water. Can you imagine? 800 million people in this world can't go get a clean drink of water. Yet you and I, we live in homes, and I'm not dogging us. That's just the way it is, right? We can look around. Think of the number of water points in your house right now where you could go get a cold drink of water, right? I mean, we got pets. If it came down to it, I'm going to steal Fido's water, right? I'll just drink his bowl. And then then the last thing is this. Um, Think about this. Because of COVID, because of COVID's impact on the world, we've seen an overall increase in extreme poverty, In other words, more people are living under $2 a day in this world because of the impact of COVID-19. It's an overall increase in extreme poverty. It's crazy. But we have a God who, through his church, reaches into those places and draws near and acts. He's not, it's not enough for him to just peer into, to peek into. God uses his church. It's not enough for us to just see it and know it and, and bemoan the tragedies that happen in our country today or in our culture and in our world today. But we must act on behalf of the poor. So I want to take you to a story in scripture. It's found in Luke chapter 10, verses 33 and 34. It, it's likely a familiar story. It's likely something that you've heard before. And we're going to pick up Jesus in the midst of a parable. Jesus taught through these stories and through these parables. It's really, really powerful, and there's lessons in it for you and me. So in Luke 10, 33 and 34, we're going to pick up Jesus kind of in the middle of the parable. And then I'm going to go back before and give you a little background, a little context to it. But here's the passage, all right? Luke 10, 33 and 34. It says this, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, 
came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. That's the story. It probably sounds a little bit familiar. That word Samaritan, the good Samaritan. You've heard that likely before. But what, the way the verse starts is it says, but a Samaritan. What happens before the but? Before the but, Jesus encounters this expert in the law. Some of your translations will say a lawyer. But he's an expert in the law, not a courtroom type of lawyer, but an expert in Jewish law. The Torah, the first five books of the Bible, it's the books of the law, if you will. And so this guy's an expert that way. And so he asks Jesus two critical questions, right? This is what happens before Jesus tells the parable. Ask him two critical questions. One, the first one is, he says, hey, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? Great question. Amazing question. Jesus, knowing that he's an expert in the law, says, what does the law say? How do you read it? And the expert in the law responds. He responds from the book of Deuteronomy, part of the law, and the book of Leviticus. Leviticus. And he says, love the Lord your God. We all know this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that creates, that sparks a follow-up question from this attorney, from this lawyer. And he says, huh, so Jesus, so Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus responds by telling this parable. And essentially, the first part of the parable, again, we picked it up in the middle, but the first part of the parable goes like this. There's a man traveling along. He was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, right? Jerusalem to Jericho was known to be a place that was kind of violent. There were things that went on there. People, it was a volatile, vulnerable place for anyone traveling, but about 17 miles between uh, Jerusalem and Jericho. And this man was going along. He got beat up. He got mugged. He got robbed, and he was left for dead. And there are two religious people that came by, Jesus says. That's why he's telling the story. Two religious came by. Two religious people came by. A priest came by, and a Levite came by, and they went around the man. They saw him. They could see something was up here. They saw him bleeding with open wounds. They saw the saliva coming out of his mouth. Not going there. They went around him. They didn't get involved. They kept on going. They wouldn't get out of the pew. So where we pick it up is the but. We pick it up at the but. And notice what it says. It says, but... But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. Listen to this. Listen to it. intimacy and action. Intimacy and action. Say it with me. Intimacy and action. But the Samaritan man came to where the man was. He wasn't turned away. He wasn't turned off. He, he just came to where the man was. He began to bandage him up. He put oil on. He put wine on. He began to care for the man. Then he put the man on his means of transportation because he took him to an inn, and he, he left his credit card at the front desk so any incidentals could be put on. That's what he did. He drew near. He got in the man's personal space. He came near, man. And he showed care, and he blessed the man, and he loved the man. And I love the way the story ends, right? Jesus comes back around, and uh, he asks a question now. Which of these three was a neighbor to the man? Was it the first two, or was it the third? Was it the Samaritan? Which one was it, Jesus says. And the lawyer responded, the expert in the law responded, says, the one who had mercy. The one who had mercy. The one who was intimate and the one who took action. 
the one who showed mercy. Because mercy demands intimacy and action. And then Jesus closes it. Right. This is the mic drop point right here for Jesus. Don't you love Jesus? He just lay it out there. Just did not hold back anything. He says, he says, hey, listen, go and do likewise. Mm. <laughs> love that. Love Jesus. I'm sure he didn't do it with as much attitude as I did, by the way. But wasn't Jesus just telling the truth? If you see someone who's hurting and in need, in the same way that Jesus drew near to you, in the same way that the Father's heart is for you, even in your worst moment, you are to draw near. And for 70 years, World Vision has been drawing near to the hearts of the broken and the vulnerable children in this world. For 70 years, we've been doing that. And that's basically been the model that we follow. We, we get intimate with, we go to, in fact, we operate in roughly 100 different countries. And there's some of those countries, I forget the actual number, and it kind of changes a little bit, but there are a number of those countries that we call fragile contexts. And I kind of think of them in this story, in this context, I kind of think of them as Jericho Road contexts. Those fragile contexts are places where there's civil unrest, where the government is unstable, where there's, where there's lack of access to the resources that people need to survive. So it creates an environment where children in particular are extremely vulnerable. They don't have what they, they're called fragile contexts. World vision goes there. There aren't very many organizations, Christian organizations, that, that reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ that go into those organizations. They, they just can't. They, they, don't, they can't get there. But world vision gets there. And we draw in close. And we get intimate. We build relationships and friendships with, with the people who are in need. We go in and we demonstrate dignity, too, because we want to see them. We want to know them. We want to form relationships with it, and then together we take action together. That's the model that we've been using for so, so long. And here's the thing. There's a false narrative in the culture and in the world today that says, if you have less, you are less. And we want to totally shatter that false narrative. We do not believe that at all, my friends. In fact, when we come into a community, when we begin to partner with vulnerable communities, when we get intimate with, we want, to, we want to do two things. One is we want to affirm the inherent dignity of everybody there. The inherent dignity. People are, are, they are reflectors of the image of God. They are image bearers of Christ. Regardless of where you come from, what your socioeconomic background is, regardless of who you are, where you are, where you come from, you are, my friends, a reflector of the image of God. Absolutely are. And the, the precious children in the communities where we work represent that as well. We want them to know that we affirm their inherent dignity. And then the second thing we do is that we want to begin to reverse, turn back the broken circumstances that those kids live in. We want to turn back. We want to begin to reverse those broken circumstances. It's not enough for us to affirm inherent dignity and then just move on. We want to get in with them, with the community, and begin to change those circumstances, see them become sustainable, and see lives. See, this is our big thing. We want to see children experience fullness of life. Every kid should experience fullness of life. And so um, I... My wife and I, through my work at World Vision, through our relationship with World Vision, we have met uh, a, a young boy. He's actually not a little boy anymore. He's a teenager, uh, and his name is, is Lumino. And so um, 
Lumino is a child that, that my wife and I sponsor, and we think he's uh, pretty amazing. He lives in Zambia in a community called Hamandu, and uh, he's 16 years old now. He wants to be a teacher someday, enjoys playing soccer, and um, he has an amazing smile there, right? His name, get this, his name, Lumino, I've always been kind of fascinated with his name, and I thought I had it pegged as a name that kind of meant light or bright light or something like that, but his name actually means Peace, peace. And isn't that kind of strange that a little boy that lives in such a volatile and vulnerable environment, who's not real sure a lot of times where his next meal is going to come from, but we're helping him change that, right? He's not real sure about what's gonna happen in the, in the region where he lives, right? His name is Peace. I love that, I love that. And that's Lumino, and uh, Lumino's pretty, pretty amazing. And so one of the things that we do, one of the things that we're going to talk about here in just a couple of minutes, man, we want to talk about child sponsorship. We want to talk about, um, we want to talk about how it's a way that you and I get to move closer, experience intimacy, and begin to act to reverse the broken circumstances of children living in extreme poverty. Today, Cape Christian, my church family, my friends, I get to invite you into that experience, into that relationship with the child that lives in extreme poverty. And we have two places, we have two communities that we want to invite Cape Christian to become partners with and begin to bless and begin to reverse, begin to affirm inherent dignity to the children that live there. One place is Mochilla. There should be a map up or something like that. I think it's called uh, Mochilla. And the other place is Moyo, Mochilla and Moyo. Here's a good way to remember it. I was thinking about this coming here today. You like M&Ms? Who likes M&Ms, right? Moyo or Muchilla? M&Ms, get that? Okay, I like it. Anyway, so think, that's what I, you think good things, right? Think about these two, communi- two communities, and I get to invite you where right now there are about 3,982 kids that are available for sponsorship in Muchilla and Moyo. And for years at World Vision, we have been partnering with churches like Cape Christian and inviting you to move in closer to these precious children in these communities. We've been inviting you in. We've been inviting you to, for $39 a month, we've been inviting families and individuals to sponsor a child or children in a community that is deeply um, in need. And so that's what I get to do this morning, uh, Cape Christian. And typically... Typically, the way that we would normally do that, and some of you have been in, in environments where you've been invited to sponsor a child, and you would, you would get up and you would walk out into a lobby or something like that, and you would see like uh, kids on, with p- clothespins, and they'd be on string, and it'd look really kind of cool. It'd be set up, and you see an image of the child, and you see their, their name and their, their age and what country they're in. You see that picture, and you would get to go up, and you would get to choose uh, which child you wanted to sponsor. I tell you what, God's been speaking into our hearts at World Vision in a very profound way. And in this, in this, in this season, God has invite us, invited us into a new movement where we've, began, we've started asking ourselves the question, what can we do at the very beginning of a relationship with the sponsor to affirm the inherent dignity of the child and to begin that journey of reversing the broken circumstances that they live? What, what could we do? What could we do to, to really affirm those inherent, uh, that inherent dignity of a child? We began to ask the question, what if, rather than 
us being empowered to choose a child, what if the child was empowered to choose us? So I want you to watch this video. family. So get this, on Wednesday, there's going to be a party in Zambia. And at that party, that party is going to be uh, all these amazing, beautiful image bearers of Christ. And the name of that party is going to be the Cape Christian Choosing Party. Cape Christian Choosing Party. And children from Moyo and Muchilla, Eminem, Moyo and Muchilla are going to be able to come to that party. But you know what? The way that they get to come to that party is by your photo. That's the invitation. Um, and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. There's nothing more powerful than you saw it in the video, right? Than to have those kids be empowered. A child that lives in extreme poverty rarely has any sort of choice. But World Vision, man, this, this chosen movement is so beautiful. We empower kids. They're going to get the they get to walk in. They say, I choose you. And it's all right. If you don't have any hair, they don't care. It's like, I mean, they, it's all right. And here's the thing. You, I tell you what, you will get chosen, man. You will get chosen. And it will be so powerful. They're going to see you. They're going to they're see the image of God in you. They're going to get to choose you. That's what's happening on Wednesday. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And generally, usually, the way we used to be able to do this before uh, COVID hit is that Pastor Corey and myself and uh, Pastor Dennis, we'd be hopping on a plane tonight, wait, not tonight, tomorrow night, to go to Zambia, get this, to go to Zambia and to see the choosing party. We'd literally get to see the choosing party. See those kids and see your pictures up there. That'd be so amazing, right? Um, but due to COVID, we're not able to travel right now. But we did get to do this. We got to hop on a, um, on a Zoom call with our staff in Zambia, the, the staff in the field on the ground in Zambia that works with these kids, right? And so we, took a, we did a little Zoom photo right there. That's us talking to our team in Zambia. You can see Pastor Dennis on there. It was absolutely phenomenal. And we will get to go. We'll go. We'll take Pastor Corey, we'll take Pastor Dennis, and we'll go and visit those communities. And finally, um, when you sign on to be chosen, we've got a Facebook page. We've got a community on Facebook, and we're going to upload 
We're going to upload your photo there. It'll be, just, it'll be a place for us to celebrate. It'll be a place for us to, uh, to, to communicate and to see everybody who's, who's going to be bringing the impact to Mochila and, uh, and Moyo. I tell you what, online community is so awesome that you are such a large community. And you're not left out. You're not exempt. You get to get up off the sofa and, and jump in on this too. It's going to be really powerful. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you how, it all, how you get to participate, how you get to, to do this thing. But I want to bring up my friend and my brother, Pastor Corey. And he's going to share a little bit about uh, this whole experience with you. I love everything about this uh just having Bernie and World Vision with us because there's something about that word action that just resonates deep within my bones. And, and when I see the pictures and I, and I hear the stories and a thousand kids are dying a day, $39? I have a subscription for both of my cars to get washed as many times as I want a month. That's 40 bucks. I could go wash my own dang car and feed a kid if I don't have the money. How could I not do something. And I thought, man, we have two villages, Moyo and Mochilla, 3,900 kids. That's a lot of kids. And every weekend in Cape Christian, well over 3,000 people attend here every weekend. And that's kids and that's online. And I know that. And so I thought, man, he gave me a number. And I was like, that's too low. I said, there's no reason after this weekend that we don't sponsor at least 500 kids. I think we could do a thousand, but I told him we would do 500, but I think we could do a thousand. Yeah. And so I want to challenge and invite every single one of you to just take a moment and think about, do you want to be a part of a lifetime of an answer to a prayer for a kid for $39 a month? I can't wait, not just to see what it does for, for them, but what it does for us. I, I sponsored a child a long time ago at an event I spoke at, and, and I'll be grabbing, we'll be grabbing another child this weekend. And I want to invite you to adopt a child with me. Some of you can afford more than one. Some of you, this would be a sacrifice. I can't imagine what God has planned for you as you join him in intimacy and action. And so as Bernie comes back to tell us how we're going to do it, I want you to really think hard about why, not why you should, but we should have a really good reason why we shouldn't all do something. Bernie, how do we do this? So it's a two-step process. I need you to take out that wonderful cell phone, that smartphone that you've been itching to pull out all during church. You're going to pull that out, and you're going to pull up a text where you send a text message. And in the, where you would put the phone number, where the number would pull up from your address book, you're going to put 56170. And you're going to text the keyword Cape Christian to 56170. And you're going to get a text back, and you're just going to follow all the instructions that come, that link will come there. You'll get to put in your debit card, your credit card information. You'll get to choose how many children you want to choose you. It'll be, I think, up to three kids that you can sponsor uh, once you fill all that out, you can, you, can kinda, you can pull out your phone now and do it uh, and, and fill it out and sit here and we'll just kind of have this, this beautiful moment. And then, then you're going to take, get your family, gather everybody, gather the kids, and you're going to go out and take the most epic photo of your life, right? You're going to take a photo. We got photo booths. We got our team out there. Amazing. Uh, your volunteers from Cape Christian, you're going to walk out there and you're going to take an amazing photo that's going to be going. And Wednesday, Wednesday is going to be the Cape Christian choosing party in Zambia. And those kids are going to see you. And they're going to get, they're going to, get to choose you. So we say yes today. 
I text. I take the picture. We're going to go out and take a picture in the photo booth. Somebody's going to choose us on Wednesday, and then next Sunday or next Saturday, whatever day you come yes. back, when we come back, there's going to be a wall with yep. envelopes, and yep. we get the reveal, not who we picked, but who picked us, and we're going to yes. celebrate all that God does. And so uh, yes. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> so this is a two-weekend thing, and if you're <laughs> online, you get to do it as well, and we're going to make yep. that available. And so uh, but online, we wanted yep. to give you a chance. We're going to close right now. Yeah, online though, you get to do the same thing. You're sitting at home, you can upload that photo, you can do the same thing, nothing different, and you can take that photo, pull it from your, your yeah. I just got my world vision is so there excited that child in Zambia is absolutely. gonna choose you as Cape Christian. Yep. And that's Let's how it go. works. And next week the reveal is absolutely new, and you will cry. I guarantee you will cry. Because I wept, man. Yeah, there's something time. powerful about seeing that, even that video, those kids yeah. pull that. So so if you want to participate, I'd love to invite, come on, no reason we don't get at least 500 children where we can move the needle in the kingdom of God. We can push back hell a little bit in a neighborhood in Zambia. And you should know this, that um, years and years ago, we had a partnership with another village in Zambia, correct, Pastor Dennis, where we helped build a church, dig a well, build a hospital, help with the school. And so this will be the second and third community in Zambia that kind of, we've kind of adopted that region of the world where we have made an impact through our generosity and our sacrifice. And here's what's cool. It doesn't take uh, uh, it doesn't take a massive sacrifice for some of us, but if everybody just does something, we can make a huge impact in a couple communities. Now, before I close, I hope you heard what he said at the beginning. Because at the very beginning, this whole thing started where God blew breath into image-bearing creation and he got down close to us. And you made a great point. Why does he get close to us? Because we're so snotty and drooly and broken. And for s- some of you, maybe you're watching, you're here and, and While I would love for you to join us in the child sponsorship, more importantly, I want you to know that you bear the image of God. And he wants to have a relationship with you, and I would take you back to the very first thing that was said from this stage, that more powerful than being needed is being chosen and wanted. And I want you to know that there's a God in heaven that chose you, created you, and wants to have a a purpose and a relationship with with you, and he wants to be in your life. And if you want to know more about that, if you want to give your life to him, if you want to say, I want to follow that, if this is what this is about, if this is what this, this whole thing is about, I want to say yes to Jesus, I want to know more about it, you can also text Cape Yes to 94000, and we're going to send you a video, we're going to walk with you, we want to invite you into the family of God, and before you choose a kid, I would just want you to know that you were a chosen kid by the most loving father ever, and he wants to reverse the brokenness and restore your dignity and the more he does that, the more motivated you are going to be to reverse the, no, the, the, the darkness and brokenness and restore dignity to others. And so God would never ask you to do something that he doesn't first want to display in your life. And I just want to invite you into that. So as I pray us out, maybe you don't need to text about a kid, but you need to text about a relationship with a heavenly, loving Heavenly Father. And we don't ever want to miss a weekend when we invite somebody to do that. Because every weekend, every single weekend, somebody says yes to Jesus here. And we would not want you to miss it if that's you this weekend. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing in 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 these beautiful communities in Zambia. I love that we were reminded that just because someone has less doesn't mean they're worth less. God, we are all uh, uh, valuable image bearers of yours. And so, God, I pray even now that you would press on our hearts what you would have us do. Uh, For some of us, it would be a stretch of faith. Some of us, it might be a sacrifice. Some of us, it might just be uh, a no-brainer. But I pray, God, that we would walk out of these doors, that we would close that computer screen or turn that TV off, and we would move to action, and that we would by our little bit make a huge difference in a child's life and in a community's life and we can see more and more people come to know you through the intimacy and the action of your gospel god let this be a weekend of all weekends where we do not just hear your word but we go live it as well in jesus name amen